Thank you for tuning into the Freedom Church podcast, where you can catch our Sunday sermon on demand at any time. Hit the subscribe button so you don't miss out on any of the content that's shared every week at our local church in Round Rock, Texas. Here's this week's sermon. Good morning, Freedom Church. How you doing this morning? Welcome to those watching online and those here on site. Uh, I'm so excited for how God is uh, just helping us walk into this new season. It's a new season here at Freedom Church. We have a new place, and I'm excited for that. And one of the things that we've been working on real hard, we've talked through the last couple weeks, is we've had some sound issues. Because one of the things about this building, it's a little bit longer than the other, some sound difficulties. But we had a professional uh, come in over the last several months, and we got everything going, but we, we signed the contract with them. We got everything set up. We, we sent a, a big check to them as well, too. So we are getting uh, brand-new sound panels coming in. They should be here in the next couple couple weeks so thank God for that and then we'll have some new chairs that'll hopefully be coming in with all the chain supply those should be in here by the end so those things will help the sound so thank you for putting up for the echoey sound just for this season just for a little bit till we get to where we need to be man I'm so excited to be part of a church like Pastor Jason says where we experience freedom in a powerful way and these men we believe that we get a chance to have a taste and see God where we live freedom and in life groups, where we get to know each other, where we're not just the church where we come together, but we're a family. How many of you guys want to be part of a family? That's a family of God. That's what the Bible calls us, a family. The way we do that is through life groups, and we share freedom. And you're going to hear about the, the mission is just intensifying of what God has in store for us. Let me just let you know. Being in this building is not the finish line. Heck no. This is a false finish line. This is the launching pad for what God has. There's different buildings for us to build. There's different campuses for us to start. I've had uh, different conversations with different of our ministry partners, of Three Strands Ministries, outreaches that we're going to do. So buckle up. I believe 22 is going to be a year of harvest. How many of you guys believe that with me as we walk, finally walk in to the thing that God has for us? But before we get started, uh, I wanted to have kind of a show and tell here. How many of you guys know what this is? Raise your hands if you know what this is. If you're under 30, you have no idea what these are. Raise your hands if you have no idea what these are. And I say a couple of y'all. Jordan, yeah, like, man, come on. Let me tell you, young people, what this is from an old guy. I grew up calling these rabbit ears or bunny ears. Or if you're formal, you call them an antenna. You know what I'm saying? But back in the day, there was no such thing. Seriously, Jordan, there was no such thing as a smart TV. Or even the internet, right? How many guys grew up with the internet? Raise your hand if you're old like me. You grew up without the internet in your home. Okay, that, that's a lot of people. So we're old. I'm just saying. So television, so you had this television, and they had a physical dial on them. How many of you remember a TV just like that? You had to, like, literally change it. And if it broke, you had pliers. We had to change the pliers right there. And, and you would turn the TV to one of 12 channels. And here's the thing. I know this is hard to believe for those of you young people under the age of 30, but you had to actually watch what was coming on tonight. There was no such thing as DVR or live streaming. Whatever was showing was showing. In the old days, uh, they were broadcast waves. This was way before the Internet. It's not the same thing. And what you had to do is you had to tune the TV to those broadcast waves or else the picture would be staticky. So you'd get it like this, or you go right there. You had to be standing a certain way. Then you put foil. And there was always somebody. Remember, sometimes the bunny ears, they look like bunny ears. Once had to come down like this just to make sure it's right. You'd put foil. I know some of you guys that are under 30 are looking at me like, bro, what is this? I know. We're just reliving some old days, right? 
you remember this, let me just tell you, you're old, right? <laughs> and so you'd have to get it at the right place. And there was always somebody who had the magic touch. And then somebody would uh, mess with the microwave, throw off the picture. <laughs> Thunderstorm would come in, picture was off. But the goal was to get the best possible reception so you could watch the Dallas Cowboys play and win a Super Bowl. That's what I'm saying. I'm just throwing that in there. Just throwing that in there today. But this is just a great illustration to understand what prayer is about. People say this, that prayer is simply talking to God. Have you ever heard that? I might have even said that. But I think that's lacking. Because you can talk to a car. Or you can talk to a tree, and you could get things off your chest as you talk to it, but nothing happens. And I think these rabbit ears help us understand what prayer is in, in a better way. This is how I would understand what prayer is. Prayer tunes your heart to God. It gives them the right reception. It gives you a, a clear picture of who's God. Just like those antenna gives you a clear reception of who the picture so prayer gives you a clear reception and tunes your heart with God and his heart and his word. If you're a musician, you exactly understand what the word tune means and how important that is. The word, the word tune is a verb. It means to bring into harmony. It means to adjust for precise function, intensity, or effectiveness. When you pray, it's not just talking to God. It's not just, okay, I'm just talking to God. But prayer is tuning your heart into harmony with God's heart. It's finding the precise function for your life. It's to help you live more effective. Isn't that more exciting than just talking to God? You're, you're, you're connecting with God in an unbelievable way. But far too long, Christians think of prayer of this boring duty. Oh, I have to. I need to. I should pray more. None of us would say, man, I, I pray too much and my prayers are too powerful. None of us would say that. All of us would say that our prayer life needs to be tuned in to God. And when we think of prayer, and my goal is for when us to think of prayer is we are coming into contact with the all-powerful, uncreated, creator of the universe who loves you, who takes delight in you, and he wants to move in and through your life. That's what prayer is. And let me tell you, God is looking for people who want to know him. God is looking for somebody who wants to tune their heart with him. Actually, the Bible says in the Old Testament that his eyes run to and fro. Man, wanting to put his affection, his face on somebody who loves him. And in Hebrews, the writer says this, that God is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. And when you add fasting to the mix of prayer, it fast-tracks prayer. Matthew 6, 17, Jesus said this. He says, when you fast, he's talking about prayer too. Your father sees what is done in secret, and he'll reward you. Let me tell you, when you have a desire for God, when you have a passion for God, Scripture tells us there's a reward, and that reward is a deeper awareness of his presence, of his blessing, of his provision in your life. How many of you guys want to find that award of Jesus and just say, I want you more in 2022? And when you add fasting to that, it's a powerful thing because fasting, what it does, it creates extra space for God to fill your life in an extraordinary way. Because let me tell you, this is your life here. And over, over your life, your life can be filled with so much stuff. Just going to work, right? 
It gets filled with stuff. And then, man, trying to keep your kids from killing themselves, especially the underage. They're fighting. You're like, man, just the fact that my kid's alive today, it's a lot of work to have that. They're trying to stick their fingers in places. They're trying to, man, get ran off. They're, the kids are crazy today, right? So were you. So bad patience with them. And then you got to do stuff around the house. There's chores and laundry and work and assignments and all kinds of stuff. And then your parents, you got to keep up with your parents. And they call you and you're calling them. And then you're working on everything. And then in the middle of the night after everything is done, your significant other, your wife wants to snuggle. And you're like, babe, we've snuggled the last three nights. We have to snuggle again. And she says, yes. Let's snuggle, you know, and before you know it, your life can be filled with all kinds of stuff to overflowing. And, and then you got to go to church and then you got to serve. And, and then kids have all kinds of activities like there's football and there's dance and there's school and like what happens before you know it your life was filled with all this stuff and instead of overflowing for God you're overflowing with stuff and here's your life yes and God still wants to bless you and he still wants to move in your life and he still can bless you through these things but it's hard to get that blessing in there because it's got to fill through all the cracks it can barely get there and that's the way many of our lives are God is saying, I want to pour out a blessing. I want to pour out a blessing of my favor. I want to pour out a blessing of my presence on your life. But what happens, our life is like this. If we look at 2022, it is full of all kinds of stuff. And God says, there's nowhere for me to create the blessing and pour out the blessing that I have for your life. But as you fast and as you pray, you know what it does? It takes out the clutter out of your life and it begins to create space for God because what happens instead of going to 30 minutes to and from a meal every day you create 30 minutes and you say God instead of this time I'm gonna I'm gonna fast and I'm gonna pray and I'm gonna create some space for you and you give God an opportunity to move and, and instead of scrolling for three hours on social media and getting lost on TikTok videos oh this is so funny ah! and just send it to everybody you're not spending that much time anymore and then you create some space for God to move in your life and instead of watching all the news all the time and them telling you all the ways that you're going to die man and you feel so discouraged and you feel so down what happens is you start removing the clutter and God can fill your life and he can pour out a blessing on your life and this is what God is wanting to do God is wanting to move in your life if we would just create some space for him and this is what we're doing in this next 21 days. This is what we're doing to start the year. We got saying, hey, I want to pour out a blessing. I'm looking for somebody to pour out my favor. I'm looking for somebody to pour out my presence on. But if you would just create some space, then I can do it. And I'm so thankful that many of you guys are doing that. Because if you want more of God's presence, and if you want more of God's blessing, if you want more of God's direction in your life, we need to create that space for God to do some big things. So let's pray this, this, that God will speak to us about creating space and getting in tune with him. Lord, we know that you want to move in our lives. And I know this is a word, God, that you have for people specifically today. God, I know that the illustration might be a little humorous, but Lord, it's so true. 
Just say this, God, help me to create space for you. And Lord, I pray for those. Maybe they have not fasted yet. If you have, Lord, maybe they'll start this week, taking some time to pray. But I pray for 2022 would be a year where we would create space for you to do extraordinary things in our lives. Amen. And this morning, I want us to look briefly at a story where we see these principles of tuning your heart with God and making space for God lived out. It's found in Acts chapter 10. It's a story of two men. One man was named Cornelius. The other was named Peter. And their prayers and lives came together in such a way that it changed history. It's a story of how literally the church got started. Let me give you some background. Up to this point, the Jews made up the first century church. God, God had told them in the book of Acts to go out and to take the gospel to the world, but they hadn't. And they were just kind of in their little corner. It was kind of us four and no more. And what, what had happened is at this time, in Acts chapter 10, they weren't even called Christians yet. They were this subculture of Judaism called the way. And it was just the Jews. It was just this insider club. But God's plan has always been for all peoples. God's plan has always been for all nations. It's always been God's plan that every person matters to God. God, let me tell you, he's always wanted a 31 flavors church. He's always wanted a church that looks like Walmart. He's always wanted a church that has diversity in it. I'm so thankful that God is doing that here and in here and in this place and in this house. And man, at this point in history, the church was just all Jewish. It just had a Jewish flavor. But God is getting ready to change that. And the church is getting ready to be launched in an amazing way. And you're going to be reminded that the church is not built through marketing. It's not built through a business plan. It's not built through the ideas of men. You're going to be reminded in this story that the church is ultimately built through two things. Prayer and radical And God's plan in your life will ultimately be accomplished by two things. Your prayer life and obedience to what God is asking you to do. So with that understanding, let's go to Acts chapter 10, verse 1. At Caesarea... There was a man called, named Cornelius, a centurion, in what was known as the Italian Regiment. He and all his family were devout and God-fearing, and he gave generously. Oh, man, just something about generosity. When somebody's giving, God takes heart of somebody who's a giver to those in need. And he, I, I want you to really underline, because there's so much I can unpack in this part, but I want to focus on this. But he prayed regularly. Stop there for a moment. Verse 2, he prayed regularly. It doesn't tell us when or where or how, but Cornelius prayed. He prayed regularly. He made space for God. It was a routine in his life. In verse 30, the King James says he was also fasting. In Matthew chapter 6, Jesus says, if there's three things that will set God to move in your life, it's when you pray, it's when you fast, and when you give. Those three things are always an indicator where God and Jesus is talking about prayer. And we see this here in the story of the centurion. He's praying, he's fasting, and he's giving. And this begins to allow the blessing of God to flow in his life. And look what happens. Here's the first lesson I want to point out in this story. When you pray regularly, irregular things will happen on a regular basis. If your spiritual life is boring, if you feel like blah, like right after you ate a uh, McDonald's cheeseburger with fries, you know that feeling, blah. Many of us have that same feeling spiritually when it comes to God. We're blah because we're so full of the wrong things. 
But when you take time and you take space and you give God an opportunity to work in your life, God is able to do some amazing things. And what's awesome, during this fast, I've had so many exciting text messages, messages, calls, emails, how many of you are experiencing God's presence in your life. Keep sharing with me. I'm so excited about that. God is working in an awesome way. Some of you guys are telling me how he's ancillating his presence. God is doing amazing things. How many of you guys are so excited that you started this fast and it was hard and it's been difficult, but God is moving in your life. So here's my challenge to you. It doesn't have to be just a 21-day thing. It just doesn't have to be something that we do just for the Daniel fast. I'm so thankful because you know why God is moving in your life? You know why you're experiencing him? You know why you're experiencing miracles and answered prayers? Because you've created extra space for God to move in your life. And every time you create extra space, believe it, he's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. He will always meet you when you do that. But here's the thing. It can be a regular part of your life. And it says for Cornelius, he prayed regularly. Scripture holds an incredible promise for those who pray. Jeremiah 33 says this, Call to me and I will answer you and I will tell you great and unsearchable things that you do not know of. There's a man by the name of Gypsy Smith. He was an evangelist that God used mightily in an amazing way. He didn't have a formal education, yet he lectured at Harvard. He was invited to the White House. He preached to millions of people. And one day, a delegation came and they asked him how they could make a difference with their lives like he did. He told them, there's only one thing you could do. And this is what he said. I want you to go home, lock yourself in your bedroom, pray brokenly and fervently before God. See, there is power in prayer. And when you pray regularly, irregular things will happen on a regular basis. And my experience is, the more I pray, the more coincidences happen. And when I'm not praying, they don't happen quite as often. And what I'm convinced is those coincidences are God's providence in my life. When Jennifer and I first started thinking about planting Freedom Church as something that God started in our heart, we started praying. And we started asking God, God, where are you going to lead us? What's this next stage for our lives? As we started praying... Literally, a couple days after we started praying, we got a random piece of mail addressed to us. You know where that random piece of mail was from? Round Rock, Texas. We were asking God, God, where are you leading us? What do you have in store for us? We got this random piece of mail from Round Rock, Texas. And, and, and thought, man, I got this piece of mail from Round Rock, Texas. And then I remember we went to go eat at a burrito place down there in uh, Arkansas. And we were talking in our server. And we're getting contact know him. And we found out that he was from, guess where? Round Rock, Texas. It's like, it's like God was trying to get a hold of our attention. And, 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 and I remember as we prayed, I started looking at it, and I found out I didn't even know where Round Rock, Texas is. I, I didn't even know Round Rock, Texas existed. And then I started searching about Round Rock, Texas. I found it's the largest suburb of Austin. I found out that Austin was the whole in the Bible Belt, the least church city in all of Texas. And I realized that would be a perfect place to start a church. So we decided to get together, and we we took a week off of vacation and we came here and we prayed over the city of Round Rock and we prayed over Austin. We went to San Marcos and we were praying over the region and we we're saying, God, where would you have us start this church? And as we were praying, as we were asking God, as we were asking God for God's direction, as we prayed, it was amazing. God led us to Round Rock. And, and, and as we were praying over that area, like where would be an awesome place to launch the church? Where would it be awesome? And, you, and I think, you know, Jennifer and I looked at it, the best place would be the Marriott, right down the street here. 
You know, I love the mayor because it's the highest building in Round Rock. Everywhere you look at it, you see it. We start off in the Marriott. It's like, it's the highest point. It's the, the point where everything sees. And we launched the church in the Round Rock, in Round Rock, Texas, in the Marriott. After we prayed, we believed that God led us. Little did we know, what a coincidence that, man, we had no idea that God would give us a piece of property just a couple hundred yards away from the Marriott. Because when you pray regularly, irregular things happen on a regular regular basis God is a God who answers prayer and he wants to answer prayer in your lives let me tell you our God moves through prayer and he answers prayer in fact John John the beloved in first John tells us one of the main ways that we know that we're Christians is God answers prayer he says this is the confidence we have in approaching God that we ask anything according to his will that he hears us and we know that he hears us whatever we ask we know that we have what we asked of him he says you know why God answers prayers? Because we no longer ask according to our wants and our needs and our desires. We're not asking for a Lamborghini or a Rolls Royce. We're asking for the things of God. We're asking for his will and we're asking according to his word. We're putting handles to our prayers and we're putting hooks to our prayers. And that hook is the word of God. And when you pray according to God's word, there is nothing more powerful in the world. Because you are beginning to implement heaven on earth. That's what happens when your prayers get in tune with God. And as a Christian... One of the ways that you would have the evidence that God is working on your life is that we should see that answered prayers are happening over and over in our lives. Just this week during uh, this fast, for the last several months, I've had this kind of overwhelming kind of anxiety over some issues and some situations, all kinds of moving parts, as you can imagine, with the church. How many of you guys ever have those anxious thoughts that just kind of just don't go away? Is it just me? I know it was, I had this anxiousness. It was just this anxiousness that was coming on. And I'm like, man, I just couldn't shake it. I couldn't shake it during the break. I couldn't shake it. And it's one of the things that I, I prayed and I said, Lord, I, I need this to be broken. How many of you guys ever prayed for something? I'm like, man, this, this isn't just going through a prayer. It's like, man, this is, man, this, I'm just, it's it just bothering me. I remember the Lord woke me up, and I got up earlier during this week, during the fast, and I started to pray. I prayed about this. I prayed about this anxious thought. Nothing happened. Like, oh, man, I'm just, it's just not getting over it. But immediately after that prayer, I got a random text from a pastor of mine who said he was praying for me. He addressed the very anxiousness I was talking about. He gave me encouragement instructions, and he began to just give me some different ways, just gave me a verse. And I began to pray that verse, and guess what happened? The anxiety was broken. Because if you want the breakthrough, you got to pray through. And God, what he'll do when you pray, he'll just blow your mind like, Look at all these coincidences in your life. I can't even believe it. Let me tell you, this should be the normal part of a believer who's in tune with God. I want to challenge you to live like this this year. This, this is available. So the text says he prayed regularly. And let's read what happens. Verse 3, one day. Two of my favorite words in the entire Bible. I want to challenge you. Go through the Bible and do a study and find all the times the words one day appear and read what happens next. You're going to see how God showed and showed do the right thing day in and day out if you stay consistent if you stay following God's purposes God will show up in your situation look at this one day after regularly praying and fasting one day about three in the afternoon he had a vision he distinctly saw an angel who came to him and said Cornelius Cornelius stared at him in fear and says what is it Lord he asked the angel answered your prayers and gifts to the poor have come up, I love this, as a memorial offering before God. Let me tell you, Freedom Church, God hears your prayers. 
Even though he seems silent, even though he seems distant, even though it seems like you're praying and it's like hitting the walls and it seems invisible. How many of you guys have those moments like, God, do you even hear my prayers? He says, man, your prayers have come. And let me tell you what I've done. And every year as I started a fast and I started the year, I have started for the last five years, I have done a prayer journal of all the things I've been praying for. And what that prayer journal, for, it's like history before it happens. It's like, man, I'm marking all these things, and it reminds me that God has done it back then, and that God will do it again. And if there's one thing that encourages me so much is in a prayer journal, I challenge you this year, create a prayer journal. And watch how God moves. But here's a second lesson. God can do more in one day than you can do in your entire lifetime. Prayer is the difference between the best you can do and the best God can do. Praying is the difference between you fighting for God and God fighting for you. God shows Cornelius a vision that would change everything for him and for you and I. In a one day, God changed everything in his life. God can show up and he can change a heart. He can change a circumstance. He can change a situation in one moment. We've seen this. In one day, God gave us a building, a property, and a new church family. One day, it was minding my own business, just doing what God called me to do. And Pastor Jason called me one day. And then I got together with the elders on a one day. And what happens? What we've tried to do for 12 hard years, saving money, praying, trying to be built. Man, doors kept closing and closing. But God did more we could we could do in 12 years because God is a God of the one day. And let me draw your attention to verse 4 and what the angel tells Cornelius. The angel of the Lord said, I love this, man. Circle, underline, highlight, smiley face. Put this in your journal. Your prayers and gifts to the poor have come up as a memorial offering before God. God's heard your prayers. Freedom Church, he's noticed your faithfulness. He sees your serving. He sees your giving. He sees how you try to, he sees all that you're doing. He notices. He hears your heartfelt prayers. He sees your service. They're a memorial offering before God. And even though sometimes you don't feel like he does, he sees it. And let me tell you what I know, what I know, what I've experienced. He is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Now I want you to notice this one day in Cornelius' life, it was preceded by a life of consistent prayer and service to God. And what I've told you many times over the years, even before this whole thing happened, remember, I've told you many times that God often moves slowly before he acts suddenly. And for some of your lives, he's moving slowly. There's a circumstance in your marriage, in your career, in your job. But let me tell you, God can show up, and he will show up. And he more than makes up for lost time. He'll do more in a moment than you can do with all your effort, all your worry, all your planning. This is what I feel the Lord tell me as I've been praying over you. The miracle that he did the church in the church property is just a big object lesson of miracles that he wants to do in your lives individually. He's allowed you to walk in. He's allowed you to see, this is how I move. This is how I work. This is what I'm doing. But I believe, this is my prayer. I prophesy this. Man, I believe a one day is going to come for individuals and businesses and circumstances and family. I'm praying that in 2022 is a moment of one days. And the one day that we've experienced corporately, that many of you would experience individually on your lives. You've been praying, you've been giving, you've been serving. Let me tell you, God has noticed this. This is the year that your career takes off. This is the year that your business gets that breakthrough. This is the year that your marriage, this is the year that God be, makes 
sense of all that mess and all the chaos that you've been walking through the last decade. This is a year that you get the random call, the random job offer, the random connection, the random idea that changes everything. And let me tell you what I realized. One days aren't just a one-time thing. They'll happen constantly in the life of a believer. I remember a one-day experience seven or eight years ago that took Freedom Church to the next level. It was 2013, 2014. I was four years into the planning of the church. I was working two full-time jobs. I was a substitute teacher. Then I'd come back, and then I'd work and lead the team. And the church was growing. We needed to go to two services, but my time was limited. Our budget was limited. The church wasn't large enough for me to work full-time because of all the money we had to pay for rent, and the resources weren't there. Though, though we were reaching a lot of people, one of the things they said, the last thing to get saved is the pocketbook, you know, and it's... And the giving was low, but we were faithful to what God had for us. And, and man, I knew what it would take to have the church go to the next level, but I was just faithful because I knew it would take more time, but I had to work 8 to 5 at a job and then come and work the rest of the day, 5 to 12, leading a team. I, I just didn't have the time because I had a family, I had a wife, I had kids. But I was just faithful to that one day. And let me tell you, one day, one day, I'm preaching Back in Dallas, the church where I was a youth pastor at, sharing God's heart, sharing about the church. And one day, a random godly businessman in that church office says, man, God spoke to me. And he says, he wants you to go to work at the church full time. Man, I'm going to pay your substitute salary. Man, what is that? It's $25,000. So then I can, I was making another $24,000 from the church and doing some different things on the side and preaching. And in one day, he wrote me a check for $25,000. And I was able to go full-time at the church, and God did what I couldn't do in four years. Let me tell you, this isn't just some cute story that I'm sharing, that I've lived. It's a story that you have walked through us and we've seen. And this is what my heart, I want you to experience God that way. I want you to know God that way. I want you to know that one day God can heal your marriage. One day you can get that job. One day God could save your lost loved one. One day God can open a door that's been closed. We, be we, learn we believe in a God of one days, but before we get to that one day, we got to be faithful in this moment. There's gradualies that happen that lead to our suddenlies, but we got to be faithful in the gradually before we get to the suddenly. Going back to the story. This is where it gets really interesting. So far in the story, we have one person praying. His name is Cornelius. But what happens when two people stop praying? Let's pick up the story in verse 9. About noon the following day, they were on their journey and approaching the city, and Peter went up to the roof to pray. I hope you walk away from this morning inspired by the power of prayer. I hope you do. But more importantly, I hope you establish a prayer habit in your life. I pray you start praying. Because let me ask you, you when is the time that you pray and where do you pray? Peter, it was on the roof. You need to find a time and a place. You need to find a place where you get alone with God. Because the most important thing that you could do is know your God. Because he wants to know you. Peter's on the roof. He's making time to, for God, and he became hungry. And he, wants something to, he wanted something to eat. And while the meal was being prepared, he fell into a trance. He saw heaven open and something like a large sheep being let down to earth on its four corners. It contained all kinds of four-footed animals as well as reptiles and birds. Then a voice told him, get up and eat some bacon. Eat bacon, he says. He says, get up, Peter. Eat. Kill. 
But I like verse 14. Surely not. If God's speaking to you, probably the words that you want to follow God speaking to you, surely not God, right? But let me give you some background. It would have been unthinkable for Peter to break Jewish dietary laws and eat a clean animal. But God is about to do a new thing. There's a new season coming. And for a new season, there's got to be a new way of doing things. Freedom Church, there's a new season. We've got we to break out of old mindsets, old ways of doing things. Because what worked in the past isn't going to work in the future. we got a next generation to reach. And the way we reached our generation isn't going to reach the next generation. But God, give us generations. That's what we've been praying for. You've got to th- rethink the way that we look at things. And here's what we learn from this. When you get into an argument with God and you win, you lose. But when you lose an argument with God, you win. Peter's having this argument with God. God's telling him, eat something he's never tasted before. And Peter's telling him he can't do it. It took him three times before he finally loses the argument with God. The voice spoke to him a second time. Don't call anything impure what God has made clean. This happened three times. See, if Peter would have eaten, he would have looked as a, he would have lost his credentials to all the respected Jewish leaders. But let me tell you, sometimes you got to risk looking stupid in front of people. Sometimes you got to risk your reputation to follow God's kingdom. Noah looked foolish building an ark. Sarah, she must have looked crazy buying maternity clothes at 90 years old. Jesus looked foolish on the cross. What is God asking you to do? Over the years, I've lost a lot of arguments with God. And I've won a lot of arguments with God. And regretfully, as I look over my life, the arguments that I've won with God are some of the most moments that I look back with regret in all my life. Let me tell you about an argument I won with God one time. One time we're in a mission service. There's a missionary from North Korea. They're doing medical supplies. And my heart was burning. And I, went like, and I felt like God says, I want to use you to purchase treasure in heaven. And, and there's talking about all the things that we're doing. I'm weeping. I'm crying. And, and, and I feel like God's wanting me to give, like, all our savings at that time, $750. Like, that's a lot of money for us back then as a young couple. And I said, now, Lord, we'll, we'll sacrifice. We'll give 100 bucks. That's good. We can still Because what happens is we had to fix my car. My deductible was 750 bucks, and I needed to get it fixed. I can't go around with a wrecked car. I'm thinking, you can't go around with a wrecked car. And Jennifer says, you know, God's spoken to me. We've got to give $750. I'm like, what? No, you're missing God. And I'm fighting, and I'm fighting, and I'm fighting. And they passed the offering plate, and I guess what happened? I wrote a check for $100. He said, man, Lord, I, I, I mean, I'm a pastor. I can't go around all these opportunities with a, with a wrecked car. That's crazy. So I went down there, got the rest of the money, fixed my car. We went on, and, and guess what happened? About a month later, a deer had hit my car, and I got an accident. Another deer hit my car, and the car that I got fixed was broken again. God knew what was going to happen. He knew, and ultimately, his goodness, he provided, and we were able to get it fixed again. God just wanted me to share in what he was doing. But I missed an opportunity to invest in Vietnam because of my pride. Man, but here's the reality. I'm so thankful the arguments with God that I've lost. And I want to lose more arguments with God this year, don't you? See, we're lost argument away from a breakthrough. Freedom Church exists because I lost an argument with God. 
Lord, how can I start with a, how can I start a church where I don't know anybody? We don't have the money. We don't have insurance for the girls. Where are we going to live? And say, yes, God, here's what I know. The rewards of obedience always exceed the requirements. And my question this morning to you is, what argument do you need to lose with God this morning? I can't afford to tithe. I can't afford to live without that relationship, that habit. I've been, I, I can't commit to that. You're one lost argument away from God breaking through in your life. Going back to the story, verse 17. While Peter was wondering about the meaning of the vision, the men sent by Cornelius found out where Simon's house was and stopped at the gate. And while Peter was still thinking about the vision, the spirit said to him, Simon, three men are looking for you. So he got up, went downstairs, and he did not hesitate to go with him. Why would Peter hesitate to go with him? I'll tell you why. The only thing more unthinkable than eating an unclean animal was for Peter to associate who were unclean. Like I told you, up to this point, Christianity was a sect called the way. And it was just made up of Jews. And Jews were never associated with Gentiles. But that's about to change. Peter goes with these men. And look at verse 24. The following day, he arrived in Caesarea. Cornelius was expecting them. And he called together his relatives and close friends. And I want to, this is where I want to put point emphasis. As Peter entered the house. I want, man, there's something powerful because this is an amazing thing for Peter to walk into that house. He would break every cultural, geographical, and religious rule. These two people would never meet. They would never connect. But when Peter entered the house out of obedience, out of prayer, it changed everything. I want you to think about the doorway that Peter opened because that doorway is more powerful than you can imagine. It's like the infinity stone in Marvel that changed everything. It's like the closet in Narnia that takes you to all kinds of different places because the moment that Peter entered the door, the moment that he went into the house, God brought the gospel to the Gentiles. He preached and he shared. And Cornelius believed in Jesus and his death and his resurrection and he was baptized. And God did amazing things and they came to faith and the church was birthed. So let me ask you this. How many of you are Jews this morning? Raise your hand if you're a Jew. Any Jews? None of us. Okay. How many of you, if you're not a Jew, you're a Gentile. And here's a mind-blowing thought. You're an answer to a prayer that these men prayed 2,000 years ago. Because somebody prayed and somebody obeyed and somebody opened a door and walked through a situation. We get to worship in Round Rock, Texas. We get to hear about Jesus. We are worshiping because a guy named Cornelius prayed. A man named Peter obeyed in spite of all the challenges. And here's my thought in the same way these prayers have been prayed on a micro level over and over and over again. We're standing on the prayers of people. Freedom Church has been praying. New Hope had been praying. We've been praying for it. And, and all of a sudden, those prayers collide. And then you stand on those prayers. That's what this is. We're standing on prayers. You know, one thing that I'm reminded again and again, like I'm beginning to walk and I'm beginning to see some things. I'm standing in the prayers of my grandma Frescas. I remember... As a kid, after she was brought up in a very ritualistic background, she found Jesus. Or we've been brought up in this very ritualistic, very kind of just 
boring, dead faith, and she found Jesus, and it changed her life, and she wanted her whole family to find Jesus. In the first 10 days of every month, she would get up, and she would fast. I remember going to her house. She would fast, and she would pray, and she'd pray for the family, and she'd pray over me, and she'd say, Benito, God's going to use you. He's going to do big things through you. He's going to change the world through you. And you know what? I just realized I'm, I'm living off my grandma's prayers. And this is what I feel the Lord's telling me now. Who's going to live off your prayers? It's time for us to pay it forward. It's time for us to obey. It's time for us to seek God. It's time for us to experience God. Because here's what I know. The church is established through two things. Prayer and radical obedience. And I believe the biggest prayers are yet to be prayed. And I still believe the biggest arguments are still to be lost. Will we surrender? Will we say, yes, Lord? Will we say, okay, God? Because there's a city that needs us. There's a world that needs Jesus. And it's up to us saying, God, you're in control. I'm making space for you to move in an extraordinary way in my life. I don't want to live the way I used to live. Lord, I want to live with power of the Holy Spirit in my life. So I want us all to stand to our feet. I'm just thinking about how I want us to close. Holy Spirit, I invite you into this service. I know you're already here, but I invite you to do your work. And this is, I want to ask you two prayers. You need to make more space for God. Just ask him, Lord, do I need to make more space for you? Maybe you said, I haven't started the fast. We'll start the fast this week. Maybe it's Netflix. Maybe whatever it is. Say, maybe some of you guys say, no, you need to make more space for me. Speaking to you. The next thing I felt the Lord asked me, want me to tell you this morning is some of you need to lose an argument. You're one yes away from what you've been praying for. You're like, no, no, I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't forgive that person. I can't give, I, I, I can't do that, I, I can't. Let me tell you. I've never regretted saying yes to Jesus. I've only regretted when I've told him no. If you're here this morning and you say, I want to pray for two people. I need to make more space for God. Just raise your hand. I want to pray for you. You say, I need to make more space for God. I, I, that's me. Okay. Jesus, I pray for every person that raise their hand. Lord, would you show them exactly how? Maybe they're, you're calling them in a fast. Maybe once a week. Or, or maybe, Lord, breakfast. Or, or maybe it might be Netflix. Show him. He's going to show you. I believe he's going to show you. Ask him, Lord, how can I make more space for you this week? How can I make more space for you? The next thing I, I want you to, the next person I want to ask is, some of you might, this morning, you need, a, you need a surrender. There's an argument you need to lose. Even God's right now, he's even bringing it up right now. He's it's hard, I know. But on the other side of that, there, there are souls on the other side of that, Yes. You're here this morning and you say, man, pastor, there's an area that I just need to surrender. I need to lose an argument with God. Raise your hand. I want to pray for him. You say, it's hard, but I need to lose an argument with God. Yeah, his hand's going up. Jesus, you see every hand. You see every person. Lord, you give him the strength to say yes to you. We'll never regret that. We love you, Jesus. Amen.
Freedom Church, I love you. You're God's very best. And remember, Monday through Friday from 6 to 7, we're meeting here to pray. Man, one of the pastors will be here. We'd love for you to join. That's a great way to create space for us. 6 to 7 o'clock, we love you. Man, if you haven't started the fast, go ahead. Make space for God, and he will do amazing things through your life. We'll see you next week as we continue the series, When Heaven Meets Earth. I'm excited what God has in store for us. God bless. Thanks again for listening to the Freedom Church podcast. We hope that you were inspired and motivated to continue to grow in your faith. Don't forget to subscribe and share with others.